Well, the NFL season exactly one month away, and it appears Mac Jones might have some work to do. The latest reports out of Patriots camp ain't great. Kevin Wilds, we will discuss. Matt Rule still not naming a starter for a few more weeks. Why the wait for Baker, Nick? And we know Broncos country is riding with Russ. Are these guys on board, too? Good Monday morning, everyone. Welcome to First Things First. Jenna Wolf, Nick Wright, Kevin Wilds. We have the always lovely Eric Mangini. In for Chris Broussard this morning. Coach, what you don't know about Nick, he's a big Russ guy. Thinks he's one of the coolest guys he's ever met. No. Tries to <laughs> Loves the guy. Loves the guy. Rides with him 24-7. Right? Let's not, let's not start the week off with lies. You know, Jenna, they have a very You know, there is vibe. a parallel, Jenna. Yeah, there is a parallel, a parallel between parallel. Russ and me in elementary school that we will discuss soon. <laughs> I must not know the meaning of parallel. Uh, we had to start up in New England this morning. It's not all lilacs and daisies for Mac Jones these days. Earmuffs Kevin Wilds. Report out of Patriots camp that the second-year quarterback, you know, the guy Bill Belichick recently said was making dramatic improvements across the board, making headlines for his apparent struggles in camp. This tweet right here from Patriots beat writer Mike Giardi Causing a bit of a stir, he said far more moments of uncertainty from Mac than we saw one year ago as a rookie. Nick Wright, how concerned should Patriots fans be? Well, obviously they should be greatly concerned. They have a coaching staff in upheaval. They have an expensive but totally unimpressive receiving core. And they have at absolute best, at most charitable, the ninth best quarterback in their own conference. And this is where we have to start the week off on a sour note. Can, can I see my friend Kevin Wilds? Because Wilds is salt, was started last night salty and then kept the energy going this morning. He was, I mean, it, it, it was really uncomfortable. He seemed to be accusing our producers of yellow journalism. Like, listen, if you guys want to put the word struggle, in the question, you can, but I'd like to see where 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 it said Mac was struggling. Why it was like it was Spanish it was American War all over again. It was never reported. No, no, no. The guy's having issues and he's laboring. And the Providence Journal, you know that bastion of tabloid journalism, the Providence Journal has had article after article about the offense being behind the defense, and Wild just won't stand for it because America. And this is where I will throw to Wilds. Uh, I, but I just have to tell our audience something. I did not realize until last night and this morning that the baby goat, Mac Jones is going to be great, all that stuff. I quietly thought it was a bit. I thought Wilds was leaning into the absurdity that his obviously mediocre quarterback on his obviously mediocre team was actually going to be great. But Wilds really believes it. And he is getting angrier and angrier the longer I speak. So, yeah, of course they should be concerned. And, of course, this is a big problem. But, Wilds, tell me I'm wrong. Explain it to me, my friend. No. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I am very nervous. Moments of uncertainty. Oh, oh my goodness. What was the score of the game? Oh, we don't keep score because it's practice? Then I think we're okay. It's a brand-new offense, Coach. Do I expect it to come out of the gates 100%? No. And guess what? To be a little Allen Iverson-esque, we're talking about practice. Mac Jones is trying stuff out in practice. And when I throw it to you after this long soliloquy I'm about to deliver, I'd like you to back me up on that. Here's Mac Jones last Tuesday and how he practices. I know what I'm looking for, and sometimes I try different things in practice that I wouldn't try in the game. And that's the whole point of practice. Emphasis mine. Then we talk about Mac's dramatic improvement. How is he taking a step back? Well, I went back and wrote down all of the compliments Bill Belichick gave him during that press conference last week. Here's, our, here's how they uh, flowed. He did a great job. He worked extremely hard. And that includes his physical work, his conditioning, his mechanics, his footwork, his understanding of the offense, defense, and situational football. He's got a tremendous work ethic, and he's made tremendous strides. Now, what I understand, Coach, there are some stats out there. We're keeping stats in practice now. 
that the defense is ahead of the offense and he didn't look great on 11 on 11 versus 7 on 7. On the board, the Patriots, who had the second best scoring defense in the entire league, might have a good defense. So it's actually good. I would be more concerned, Coach, if Mac Jones is lighting up our defense without J.C. Jackson there. I'd be very, very nervous. But it seems like the defense is there. So I feel okay. I know this is everyone's got their knives sharpened for Patricia. I get it. But Mac Jones is trying stuff out in practice. It's practice after all. Dramat, uh, Belichick said he made dramatic strides, and our defense is pretty good. So am I nervous on a scale of 1 to 100? I'll throw you a bone. Three. There we go. So we're on the same okay. page. I don't, I don't want to be like, you know, really at you. Three. Three on a scale of 1 to 100, Coach. Well, I, for, there's a lot of things I need to respond to here. First of all, the, the idea that this okay. is an entirely new offense, it's not. It's so far from an entirely new offense. It is exactly the same offense that they have run for, for since, since Bill's been there. Now, maybe there's been some evolution, but you can throw that part out. So, okay, so it is the same okay. exact offense he Good. had last year. He may be trying a few new things because, because that is part of, of training camp. And you can also look at it is one reporter's evaluation of an offensive unit, which he doesn't really understand. He, he doesn't have the insight as to what they are running, who made the mistakes, what type of things what they were looking for. So, so you have to take that evaluation with a, with a grain of salt. Now, all of that being said, there should be some significant progress. The guy's got a year in the system plus a spring. Plus, he's worked with with the majority of these guys. He there there should you should see some strides in the offense, even though typically they start behind the defense. Should be making some gains and having some 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 good days. Yeah. That that's part of it. Now that there's there's an issue here where if Mac Jones does struggle, who's he going to? Who's he going to? Who's gonna who's gonna help him through it? And the only guy I could find on the staff was Correct. was Brian Hoyer, and he's the backup quarterback. But but besides that, there's five offensive coaches that that left. And so there's a lot of things going on here, Wilds, and and your concern should be a little a little bit higher than than maybe it is. Of course they should. And listen, and, and coach is right that we don't know exactly what they're running in practice. And so it's hard for the reporters from the sideline to totally fairly evaluate it. However, for most teams training camps. When you throw a pass, you want it to be caught. And so if, if a pass ends up incomplete, usually that means something went awry. And Wilde is right. When they have gone to, according to all the reports, again, I'm not there in New England, but I can read the reports. When they have gone to 11 on 11 is when Mac has struggled, which is only problematic if the NFL plans this year to continue the philosophy of playing 11 on 11. Now, maybe they'll make a change, make an adjustment, go seven on seven, Texas high school football style, and then it'll be all rosy for Mac. But listen, Wilds, at its very baseline, your beloved New England Patriots, as I said, have at best the ninth best quarterback in the conference. Vegas says they are projected to be better than the following teams in the AFC. I'll give you the full list of teams Vegas uh, likes them more than. Houston, Jacksonville, the Jets, and the Steelers. Vegas take on that's it. it. Okay. No, that, that's it. Listen, right. man, it's okay. just, you know. No, and, and you, have, I saw where did Vegas wins. have the Bengals last year? No, where did the Vegas what? have the Bengals? Oh, yeah, yeah. They had the Bengals going to the that, Super You're Bowl. right just about that. With the early and the Vegas Bengals stuff. have Joe Burrow. Okay, that's fine. Then let's take the – we can take the early Vegas stuff out. But I also saw you went to the ninth-best quarterback take. Is Mac Jones better than any of the four quarterbacks in the AFC West? Of course not. Is Mac Jones better than Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, or Deshaun Watson? Of course not. Is Mac Jones better than Josh Allen? That's eight. And I haven't even mentioned Matt Ryan. I haven't mentioned Ryan Tannehill. I haven't even mentioned my guy, Trevor Lawrence. I'll give him ahead of all those guys. His best case is that he's the, uh, no, I didn't know. Wilds, we get to nine without mentioning those guys. I'm just saying if we want to err on the other side. No, that's fine, pal. No, 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 it's fine. Listen, coach, I think the Patriots who ended last year losing four out of five games by an average of 15 points and their big offseason acquisition was Devontae Parker, and they lost the best player on the team, J.C. Jackson, and they lost their offensive coordinator. I think there's a ton of reason for optimism. I, you know what? I think I'm being unfair. Wilds, you know what? It shouldn't, he shouldn't be a three on 100. It should be a one. <laughs> well, well, look, 
Mac Mac Jones doesn't need to be better than than those guys that you said. He just needs to be better than he was last year, and that's really what what this is about. Because the things that you're asked to do in New England are the things that those other teams are are asking you to do. So you'd like to see progress on his part. But you made a good point. He struggled down the stretch, including the playoff game, and he was almost the same number of, of touchdowns as, as as picks during that run. I think his best game, his his, yeah. his biggest game during that that period was the win against Jacksonville and and you can you can put an asterisk there but that that is a concern going into the offseason the way that he did now there is this this uncertainty in terms of of where he's going to go to find the answers that 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 he needs and now you know Mac Jones has a lot of answers and he's not worried about it and to me that 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 should be your concern too Wilds he's he's very comfortable with with you know he could lose everybody and you know, it doesn't matter to Mac Jones. He's just going to keep striding on. Look, I, 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 I think it's fair, and you guys make some good points about how he struggled, you know, down the stretch. I think, Jenna, he could also, if he can't look inside the Patriots organization, perhaps he could call up some of the other superstars in the league that he played with in the Pro Bowl. Maybe like, hey, remember me from the Pro Bowl? I was hitting the gritty, and I outplayed Mahomes. Yeah, I, I was just there. having sort of one of your yeah. read on this. I outplayed Mahomes. Hi. In the Pro Bowl? First look at the the Patriots, guys. Thursday night, they host the Giants to open the preseason. All right, we're moving on. Can Russ lead the Broncos to an AFC West title? Asked and answered on the other side. First things first on a Monday. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. Hey, the most watched window in all of college football is Big Noon Saturday. It does not get bigger than Alabama versus Texas. Just over a month away, September 10th. Start every Saturday with big noon kickoff, followed by the day's best matchup all season long, only on Fox. All right, we got to talk to Broncos now, gentlemen. New quarterback. Okay. New quarterback Russell Wilson has the whole team and town chanting his now famous catchphrase, let's ride. Mangini, let's ride. Sugar-free cereal, (laughs) let's ride. My half birthday right around the corner. Let's ride. Broncos receivers, you know what to do. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like Broncos country, let's ride. He's like Broncos country, let's ride. He's like Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. That soundbite, let's ride. A little much? Oh yeah, it is. Our friends at Fox Bet have Broncos country, favorite to finish third in the AFC West. Nick, what would you say is more likely, Denver finishing first or Denver finishing last in the AFC West? Well, to be clear, I would not pick either of these outcomes. But if I have to pick one, obviously the answer is Denver finishing last. And I'll explain in a moment. But first, I have to deal with the PTSD from that clip because it just brought back such such vivid, horrifying memories. A little quick story about me, Wilds. Uh, When I was in fifth grade, 
I was the high school basketball manager, went on the road trips, kept the stats. I know that doesn't surprise anybody, right? And I really thought all those seniors and juniors were my friends because I was always making them laugh. And I didn't realize until I got older, they weren't laughing with me. They were laughing at me. And I was like, oh, there's a big distinction there. I wonder if Russ understands that. I wonder if Russ gets it that they, this is not like a cool, fun catchphrase that his friends are doing with him. They can't believe that Russell Wilson believes this is actually, you know, what the cool kids are doing. It's hip and what's happening in the cat's pajamas, as I assume Russ would say. Now to the actual football part of it, Wilds. How many wins is it going to take to win the AFC West? Luckily, good one, Jenna. Luckily, we know that answer. Because the Chiefs win 12 games every single year that Patrick Mahomes is there. We know that because 12 has been the worst they've done. So to win the AFC West, you got to go 12 and 5 at a minimum and also win some tiebreakers. Probably 13 wins to really lock it up. Can the Broncos win 12 or 13 games? Absolutely unequivocally no. And here's why. And can we show and coach? I, I didn't do it the first segment, but oh, it's schedule time. Oh, yeah, buddy. All right, be honest, coach, and I'll throw to you. Look at that <laughs> right-hand column. Can you ever remember a team dealing with a tougher final six weeks of a year? Their easiest game is against the Cardinals. They have the twice against the Chiefs, once against the defending champs, Chargers and Ravens, two teams projected to be the third and fourth best teams in the AFC this year. The only easy game is the Cardinals who made the playoffs last year. So if you need 12 or 13 wins, what does your record have to be through 11 weeks? 10 and 1? 9 and 2 at worst? If you're going to get to 12 or 13 wins when that gauntlet's coming up? So no, coach. They're not, they are more likely to be 7 and 10 or 8 and 9 and have that be last place than they are to be 13 and 4 and win the division. Well, first of all, Nick, I, I, I want to give little fifth grade Nick a, a hug and say, who's laughing now, fellas? Who's laughing now, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> then, That's damn straight, coach. You're damn and straight. And second Thank of you. all, when we I do when that we look with Mike DiBianco all the time. The far right column, look, this, the, these teams, the, this everything is going to look so different by the time we get to week 13 to project out. This is, this is based <laughs> off of, of last year's results is it's it's like picking stocks you know they tell you you can't pass future performance isn't based off past performance so i, I don't know how valid that is I, I do think i do agree with you that the the let's ride is is something that has not necessarily helped his cachet or or coolness factor and i don't <laughs> love you. the social media i don't love the social media person who then put the outtakes in and and thought that was a good idea? And I don't think you want to clown your your marquee player the way that the organization seems to seems to it. do. I I I think that that if Russell Wilson will allow the running game to be a significant factor, if the defense can play like it has, although they've lost Big Fangio, but they they should still be very good. Then they've got a chance to, to to be extremely competitive in this. Now the issue is the whole let Russ cook factor. I mean that's what he was unhappy with in Seattle. So I don't know if he's going to be comfortable with relying on the running game and the defense and not him being the the center point. And if they try to make him the center point with the somewhat depleted wide receiver group, it's it's going to not be a great thing for them. Okay, can I, can I ride to the defense of Let's Ride, and then I'm going to throw it to you, Coach. There's a subtle genius in Let's Ride, and we didn't show the whole clip, but that clip started with Brandon and Russ talking about Let's Ride, and Russ says it's a billion-dollar idea because Let's Ride is rolling. Oh, yeah. Here's the other thing about Let's Ride. <laughs> it has replaced Let Russ Cook. There is no let Russ cook. It's all let's ride. So you may say, oh, it's kind of silly, but there is no man. Russ got to cook. Russ cook. That was the Seattle mantra, and we haven't heard that. I know it sounds silly, but it feels like Russ is actually focused on just the Broncos and not his own kind of numbers or the whole Seattle, you know, don't just run the ball. Question I have for you, though, Coach, is this. You talked about my favorite phrase, force multiplier, when Brady went down to the Bucks. When you look at who the Broncos have on offense, is it fair to say that everybody is going to get better? 
that it's going to be the Russell Wilson rising tide that each one of these guys is set up to have a great year. Yeah, I, I love the, the fact that, that Denver made the move that they did. And I do believe in Russell Wilson as, as a franchise quarterback. And I do feel that he is a force multiplier and he is going to make those guys better than they were. But he's not starting with a significant amount of weapons in the passing game. And and they lose Noah Fant. You know, he was the, their their leading receiver. They lose Tim Patrick, another guy that, that contributed significantly. So it's 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 depleted. Will they be better? Yes, they'll be better because he'll make them better. And and he's only had one losing season in his, his entire career, and he does an excellent job protecting the football. There's so many things he does well, and he's such a significant upgrade. But you still have to recognize what the strength of this team is, and that's the running game and the defense. And and he's got to be comfortable riding with that until that you know he can be the guy. Yeah, and I would disagree with Wilds that Let's Ride didn't. I don't, I don't think it replaced Let Russ Cook. To me, it replaced Go Hawks which is how he ended every single media veil (laughs) his nine years in Seattle. And now he's he's decided to make it because go Bronx was evidently too close on the nose. So now it's less let's ride. But of course, the Broncos will be better on offense. They would have been better on offense had they acquired. There's a dozen guys they could have acquired and been better because with respect to my fellow native Kansas Cityan, they got rid of the worst starting quarterback in football and Drew Locke, or one of the two or three worst. And so they were going to get better. And Russ, even though I don't think he's still an all-pro level player, I don't know if you guys have heard, he's never gotten an MVP vote. And it's just crazy to think of. And then you realize it's because he's never deserved an MVP vote. However, neither here nor there, he won't get one this year either. I, they, they will be better. But the we have talked so much about their weapons. You guys, You just showed it. Yeah, those guys will be better. But do they have the worst group of pass catchers in their own division? Yes. We all love Jerry Judy at Alabama. He has three touchdowns in two years in the NFL. So, yes, those guys will be better. Will they be better to the tune of 13-4, and four, which is what it would take for them to win the division? Of course not. So it's obviously more likely they finish fourth in a tough division than first in the best division for- in the league. For Nick, shades of that fifth grade statistician coming out in that segment right there. But we love it. And we're here for all of it, Nick Wright. We're back talking Big Blue. Thank you. Can Danny Dimes and company shock the world this season? Or maybe just the NFC East? Talking Giants on the other side. (laughs) Running the no huddle now. That was great, Kevin Wilde. Start with Big Blue. New head coach Brian Dayball said all the regulars will play preseason game number one Thursday night against the Patriots. Good opportunity to get acclimated to the new systems on both sides of the ball. Wilds, this is a big prove-it year for the Giants. Any chance they can shock the NFC East? I hope so. Just because I think the NFL world is more interesting when the Giants are good. I'm high on Brian Dayball, high on all Patriots, former coaches, Coach Mangini. (laughs) Right there, you and me, buddy. (laughs) But here's the thing. The one person I'm super interested in, Coach, is Kadarius Toney. I wonder if he can have this breakout year. Last year, he he had COVID twice. He played 10 games, 39 catches, 420 yards, Zippo touchdowns. Here he is in training camp. Nice catch. Daniel Jones thought that was good. Said, yeah, we can open up the offense. Here's the other thing. I'm not saying that Joe Judge can't relate to uh, Tony, but there are new reports that Brian Dayball and Tony in May sort of bonded because Tony would send him cuts of his rap songs. He goes by uh, Young Joker if you haven't heard. And now Brian Dayball is playing his music Obviously. during practice, and he really liked it. He like It was a surprise to him. It's like all good. So for a guy that had a little bit of, I'm not saying attitude problems, but didn't really vibe with Joe Judge, it feels like Brian Dayball is the guy to unlock this guy. Number one pick. I want him to have a big year, Coach. Yeah, I, I really like Kadarius Tony too. No, no, no. I, I thought he was great co- coming out of, out of college. And I think that that he has a chance to have a, a huge season. I actually told my uh, son the other day in his fantasy draft he should probably take him because I think he, he's going to have big numbers. Wow, nice. And 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 I do think part of that is is the relationship that that Brian's going to be able to 
to build with him. And Brian does a good job relating to all players and realizing that that each guy's not wired the same way, and and that connection is important. And in terms of the Giants being able to to shock the uh, the, the division, I definitely think that that they can do that. And if there's a division that that could be shocked, that that's a perfect one because each team has their own set of problems. And, and the Giants can can do a lot of things marginally better and, and be in a, in a place where they can compete with all the other teams in, in their division. So they, they've definitely got a shot to, to, to put up numbers that, that aren't consistent with where they've been. And I think Brian's a big part of that. Yeah, and listen, I know it's become kind of in vogue in the NFL to not play your stars sometimes at all in the preseason, certainly not in week one. But if you're a team with no stars, you don't have to worry about that. Enter the New York Giants. (laughs) So here's the deal. I know that this is going to be a very pro-Giants segment because Coach was an early adopter of Brian Dayball is the one of, if not the key reason for Josh Allen's historic early career turnaround. We have never seen a quarterback play as poorly as Allen did his first year in the league, turn into, his first two years in the league, really, turn into what Josh Allen has turned into, which is an unquestionable top five quarterback guy. We've seen guys have big interception numbers. We've seen guys have bad rookie seasons. But the lack of accuracy that followed him in high school and college into the pros to turn that around, Dable and obviously Allen, Dable gets immense credit for that and obviously putting him in, in place of not just Joe Judge, but the offensive triumvirate of Joe Judge, Jason Garrett, Freddie Kitchens, yes, the Giants should be better. And if Saquon is healthy, and Saquon's a huge what-if of NFL history, if you remember his, how dominant he was for it at Penn State, his rookie year in the NFL, he had 2,000 yards. And then he seems to snake bitten since then. But the question is, and the question always will be with the Giants, is Daniel Jones. And if if Brian Dayball can do 50% for Daniel Jones and he did for Josh Allen, then the answer to this question is yes. Unfortunately, Daniel Jones has a different problem than Josh Allen had. He's the most turnover-prone player in modern NFL history. I don't think Dayball can fix that. So I, if he does, then yeah, more power to him in that weak division. But what I think is more likely, Jenna, is that Dable gets the team more on the right track, and on that track, they draft a new quarterback next year because that is what it's going to take for the Giants to have a real chance to win any division. Mm, we shall see. Let's head down to Commander's Camp, where the topic du jour has been the accuracy of one Carson Wentz. Coming off a tough year in Indy, but Washington head coach Ron Rivera isn't that worried about it. Telling reporters over the weekend, quote, yeah, there's some inaccuracy, but it's nothing we are overly concerned about. Like, yeah, we're kind of worried about the thing that has basically derailed your superstar career, but I'm sure you'll be just fine. Uh, Nick, you expect Carson Wentz to make it through the season as the starter in Washington? No, of course not. It's just, oh, there's some inaccuracy. We'll get it fixed. There's been some inaccuracy forever with Carson Wentz. No, of course he's not going to make it through the season. In fact, Wilds, I'm going to give you a specific date. Give me the schedule because Coach is here. It is his favorite thing. I'm going to tell you when we're going to find out. Tuesday, November 15th, after a loss on national television to divisional rival Philadelphia Eagles, right before you have kind of a soft, not kind of, a truly soft part of your schedule, Houston, Atlanta, Giants by Giants, Ron Rivera is going to take the podium and say, we're going to go with Ty- we're going to go with Taylor. Gives us best chance to win. We like Carson. We appreciate his professionalism, but we feel like the team needs a little something, and we're going to go with Taylor. And yeah, I think Ta- Taylor Heineke might be their best option right now. And so yeah, of course, I don't expect Carson Wentz to make it through the season. I think it's unbelievable, Wild, that Washington gave up real draft assets for him. Eventually, teams will learn their lesson. But no, I don't expect Carson Wentz to make it through the season as a starting quarterback. No. Nick, I wonder if we could do a promo with you where you just got up and said, let's hate, and just did it over and over again. Because you, you, your, your let's hate would be, would be perfect for, for this. And, and, and I'm not, can I, I'm, can I'm I not respond a quickly? Hold on, coach. Okay, coach, just real ahead. quick. Let me respond quickly and then go ahead. 
Put Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Put those guys in the show. It's not my fault we, that today's theme of the show is evidently mediocre to awful quarterbacks. Who have we talked about? Mac Jones, Daniel Jones, to Carson Wentz. This isn't my fault. And I didn't hate on Russ. I just think he's corny. It's not my fault. Put good quarterbacks in the show. I don't know who produces this thing, coach. But maybe let's do a Chargers segment. You'll hear your glowing reviews. I, I, I know, I know. Look, I, I haven't been the, the the biggest Carson Wentz fan, but but a lot of my issues with Carson Wentz have been things that have been off the field, and then his inability to slide and get down, and his, his propensity to to get hurt, as opposed to a lot of the things that he does really well. And and we forget about that. He has performed at a very high level. And when you look at last season, the guy threw twenty seven touchdowns and seven interceptions, and had a ninety four quarterback rating. We we act like 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 he's done nothing. Like he has no accomplishments. And this is what happens: is young quarterbacks come out, they have a big season. Everybody has them go through to the Hall of Fame, and then and then there's a little bit of of, of stuff that comes on afterwards, or, or they go through some challenges, and suddenly we're moving away from that. And and it's ridiculous. It, it, you got to look at what he did last year, which was a lot of good things, and I think he's going to do a lot of good things in Washington as well. Coach, is the fact that the Colts gave up on him is, is over here, but is the fact that Washington gave up so much draft capital to get him, does that mean that he has a longer leash during this season? Like, no, we're going to ride with him. We, we gave up a lot to get him. Or do you think Ron Rivera still has just carte blanche to make the switch when he sees fit? I believe that they, they watched him and felt like he was a quality quarterback they could help him significantly this this season, and, and that's why they gave up what they gave up. And he's gonna he's gonna be their starter, I think, throughout the course of the year. And I think he's gonna do a really good job. Now, can can he stay healthy? That'll be part of it. And and the the quote that they're using about the inaccuracies, it's it's out of context. And that's what Ron Rivera was was saying. Ron Rivera had had. He, he, he said there's a little bit, but there's a little bit of inaccuracies in any quarterback during training camp. It wasn't him being judgmental on, on where Carson Wentz's development is. It, it, it's a different it's a different take than, than the way it's being portrayed. First things first, we are joined by the always wonderful Greg Jennings the rest of the way this morning in for Chris Broussard today. Greg, good morning. We are talking about the quarterback battle down in Carolina this morning. Panthers head coach Matt Rule telling reporters this weekend he's not putting a timetable on naming a starter until after preseason game number two. That's on August 19th. Nick, I'll start with you. You surprised, Nick? Baker hasn't been named the starter yet down in Carolina? No, listen, Matt Rule is, you know, an interesting coach, I guess you'd call it that. He's very, you know, he has very serious standards about, you know, how players are going to, you know, cross the goal line as opposed to focusing more on getting his team to cross the goal line as I think he's 10 and 23 in his two years as a head coach. So I, I didn't expect him to, you know, be out in front of this. But we all know, I think, that Baker's going to be the starting quarterback. They traded for him. They, they are, they traded for him despite the fact that they are paying Sam Darnold a massive amount of money this year and gave up real legitimate draft capital for him, far more than they gave up for Baker. And Baker has been better in the NFL every step of the way. Baker was better in college than Sam Darnold. This is a very, very simple decision. It, he's drawing it out. Why? I don't know. To foster, Greg, you can you know speak to this better than me, obviously. I would imagine it's to foster the air of competition that no one's going to be handed any jobs, that particularly someone who wasn't here you know, in the early offseason. But I think we all know Baker Mayfield is going to be the week one starter. That is it. Your, your last point is, is the only thing that I can really put a pin on and circle around why Baker Mayfield hasn't been named starter. It's, it's the competition element. Anytime When we look at Baker Mayfield and his success, even in college, dating back to college, uh, first year in the NFL, arguably 
his best statistical year, having played 13 games, 63% completion percentage, 3,700 yards, 27 touchdowns. Like, as a rookie, taking over for Tyrod Taylor in a quarterback competition, he had to earn that. He had to earn the trust of not only the players in that locker room, but the coaching staff, which we saw was a revolving door uh, in his tenure with the Cleveland Browns. But down in in Carolina, I believe that's truly what Matt Rule is trying to uh, put out there. Look, I'm not going to hand this to you. I've seen you perform better as a player and as a leader when you've had to compete for it, when you've had to earn it. And I think that's what's going to get Baker Mayfield back into this fold of can he be an elite quarterback? Because I truly believe, I believe we all know that he has the, the talent, the skills, the tools to do that. But what can get him over the edge in competing and, and not being handed a job is one of the ways you start that process, Wild. I mean, I guess so. I, I, I guess so, Greg. I also could see it backfiring. Because here's Matt Rule's quote, and I'm going to throw this to you, Nick. I'm not putting a timetable on the quarterback position until we get back from the Patriots week. Patriots week's true litmus test for us. That will really show us where guys are. Now, put to the side... That the last time or, or earlier when uh, Sam Darnold played the Patriots, he was, quote, seeing ghosts. So it doesn't bode well for Sam Darnold to begin with against the Patriots. But that being said, what if after that preseason game and Matt Rule has had Baker's going to be my starting quarterback in his back pocket the whole time, Baker doesn't play well in that game. And Sam, Dar and Sam Darnold does play well against the Patriots. Now, since Matt Rule is on the record, do you think he would switch and say, like, you know what? Patriots game proved it. Sam Darnold's going to be our guy. No, I, I, I don't think Sam Darnold can be named the starter after the Patriots preseason game. I think Baker can. I think if for some reason Darnold's leading the competition, then he just extends the competition. I also think if your concern Weird. is what if Sam Darnold plays really well, you don't have much to be concerned about. I also think, Greg, and tell me if I'm wrong on this, that... It, preseason is an interesting spot because we see it often with rookie quarterbacks where it looks like you can almost game plan a good statistical game. Like you can just set them up with layup throws and put them in a position where at the end of the game, they're going to have, oh, he was nine for 11 for 77 yards. And then we took him out. You can almost, because the defenses are going to be so vanilla, you can almost, you know, guarantee if you don't want a guy to take any chances that he can look good in a preseason mm -hmm. game. I would imagine if they wanted to do that for Baker, they could. I just flatly think everyone in that organization understands one guy is far more talented than the other and has been a better pro. My, my only concern is a different one than Wilds, and I want to ask you about this, Greg. It, it, the one downside to this is Baker wasn't there for the pre-training camp part of the offseason. He now is not getting 100% of the reps with the ones the way every other full-time starting quarterback in the league is. How much time missed? How much does that time matter that he's not getting because he and Darnold are splitting time? Well, it matters a great deal. Number one, because you're learning a new system. You're learning, learning new language. Uh, there's a different style and approach everywhere you typically go. And so even with that, if you can't get 100% of the reps, then there's a learning curve that you have to deal with and adjust to standing and watching and observing. That's where Matt uh, or Sam Darnold does have the advantage, which is why Baker Mayfield is going to win this job. If Sam Darnold, someone who's been there, who knows the system, who understands what his expectations are, who has a head start, hasn't already won this job, they're giving it to they're just giving Baker more time to get get uh, rhythm, understanding what is expected, the plays, the whole nine. Like, you have to see guys on the field of competition against someone wearing a different uniform, a different helmet. When you talk about training camp, training camp is great for young players. Training camp is great for veterans. But one of the things that veterans do, if they are already in a system, is they, they get a little complacent. 
They have this little sense of entitlement. I know because I was one of those guys. Baker Mayfield doesn't have that right now. And so the only thing that can give him an advantage is you you give him more time. You have to give him more time because you're not giving him 100% of the reps. The one thing I will say about this, though, when you have a quarterback competition, no one no one really likes the quarterback competition, specifically this early in the season. Why? Because all everyone whose job is solidified, they have to now play longer. Because in order to make a quarterback competition fair, all your starters have to be out there for a couple more That's series. Funny. No one likes that. So it's like, and coaches know that we got to make a decision because we can't keep having all these guys play when we want to evaluate other talent. All right, Greg, I have one more quick question. When you see guys who have switched teams when there was no controversy, right? So uh, let's say Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's in Denver. You hear like Russell Wilson's the guy. He, he's showing great leadership. Even Mac Jones right now in New England's like, oh, great leadership. How is that leadership sort of manifesting, and is Baker being put at a disadvantage because he doesn't get a chance to be the true leader of a team if he's in a quarterback competition? No, I don't think he's being put at a disadvantage. I actually think all of this is going to make Baker Mayfield even better. When you think about how he got or traded for, what transpired in Cleveland, all the knocks that was on Baker, immaturity, all these things, can he sit back, take it like a man, and actually earn it quietly and do it the right way, a way that everybody perceives quarterbacks should approach their job? And, and one last point on Matt Rule taking the slow approach here. This is the same man that after another five-win season in his end-of-season press conference compared what he's building to Jay-Z building his empire, saying it took seven years for Jay-Z to become an overnight <laughs> sensation. So maybe Matt Rule is just, you know, a slow, slow and steady. Baker Mayfield can't win this competition in two weeks when I'm telling Dave Tepper I need six years minimum to get this ship turned around. So maybe that also plays a bit into it. He does battle big Matt Rule's got a decision to make. Back himself into it. <laughs> hey, can Russ lead the Denver Broncos to an AFC West title? We'll talk about that on the other side. We ride. Major League Baseball returns to the place where dreams come true. We live all the magic when the Reds take on the Cubs for one game at the Field of Dreams. Can't wait for this. Coverage begins Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern on Fox and the Fox Sports app. That is gorgeous. Look at it. All right. Finally this morning, despite what we heard from Bill Belichick a few weeks ago about the dramatic improvements Mac Jones has been making in camp, headlines out of Patriots training camp that the second-year quarterback having a bit of a hard time hearing the word struggle a little. This tweet from Patriots beat writer Mike Giardi causing a bit of stir. He said far more moments of uncertainty from Mac than we saw one year ago as a rookie. They are learning a new offensive system, but Coach Mangini said earlier, it's not that different than last year. Nick, how concerned should Patriots fans really be? Well, realistic Patriot fans that know finishing around 500 is the expectation and anything more than that would be a huge success shouldn't be that concerned. Our woefully uh, you know, frightfully optimistic Kevin Wilde should be incredibly concerned. And this is where, Greg, I have to peel the curtain back for you and for America. Because I think, listen, Wilde is obviously, no pun intended, the wild card of the show. He has Wilde's weird and wonderful. He's the funny guy. He brings a stuffed animal to the set, and he calls this guy baby goat and talks about his ooze. So that might lead you to believe Wilde is doing a bit here. <laughs> but he's not. You know how I know it? Because off the air, Wild gets legitimately angry. He takes that be kind sign and he rips it in half and says, no, we're going to have real journalism here. Because the producers wanted to say Mac Jones was struggling in training camp. And Wilds yeah. via text, via our Google Doc, and via conference call this morning said, where, show me where, he's, where it says struggle. Guys, you do what you want, but just show me where it says he struggled. Because, yeah, no, listen, Wilde's accusing our show of yellow journalism when it comes to Mac Jones 
inability to complete 11 on 11 passes. So here's the thing. There is this weird thing happening, Kevin, where, and I use your first name when I'm trying to be serious, Kevin, Kevin, where the entire football world seems to be on one page. Like, hey, Mac Jones, nice rookie year, you know, tops out as a league average quarterback. Maybe he'll get there one day. And then there's you, Bill Simmons. I think you've pulled in our friend Peter Schrager and a bunch of guys in Boston that have convinced themselves that Mac Jones has this untapped potential that Matt Patricia is going to unlock. And I'm trying to talk you off that ledge before you fall off it when football season starts. But I don't know if me or Matt Jardy or any of the Providence Journal reports are going to be able to do it. I just think you're going to have to learn the hard lesson come the beginning of the season, my friend. First of all, if you are accusing me of wanting to put accurate graphics on the show, guilty as charged. There Nowhere does it say Mac Jones was struggling in the initial report. And here's the other thing, Greg. What is happening around some parts of the national media and some parts of the New England media, and certainly on this show, is there's a little turbulence on the Patriots' plane. And you've never been on a plane where there's a little turbulence and people start freaking out. People start gripping the hand and people try to grab you. And then you look at the flight attendant. And the flight attendant's there like that, hanging out. Like, oh, that's me. I'm not worried. We've gone down this road before. Of like, oh, what is Bill Belichick doing? Oh, my God, he's going coordinatorless. Yeah, last time we went coordinatorless, we went 14-2. Oh, my goodness. You know what happened last year? The big fire alarm was, oh, we're releasing Cam Newton, and we're going to start the rookie. And, and there was people... You know, I gotta admit, I was wondering, like, keep Cam, keep Cam, let him, let him show some leadership, let him be your goal line guy. Like, no, Bill Belichick was right. So I trust Bill Belichick. I trust him to make the right decisions. I trust that Mac Jones is doing things in practice, as you can see from a quote that he put out during a press conference. It says, you know what? Yeah, sometimes I'm looking for. I tried different things in practice that I wouldn't try in a game, and that's the whole point of practice. And here, Greg, is a litany of ways, according to Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all times, that Mac Jones has improved. Well, I, I don't know if we how much time we have in the show. The list is so long. Did a great job. Works hard. Physical work, conditioning, mechanics, footwork. Understands the offense, the defense situation. He's got a great work ethic, and he's made tremendous strides. So, yes, is the new offense with Matt Patricia... Going through a little bit of a bumpy patch? Yeah, I think so. Also, am I the flight attendant sitting here relaxing, having a delicious Diet Coke? Yes, there's nothing to stress about, despite what Nick Wright will tell you. I disagree, Wilds. I disagree. Okay. Uh, see, losing Josh, McDan- losing Josh McDaniels means more and is more frightening for Matt Jones than what he's putting on and what anyone will put on. Look, everyone wants to feel like, you know, everything is going to be great because it's Bill Belichick and because he's been able to overcome so many things. And he's always pulled and pushed the right button and pulled the right lever. However, there's been moments where we've started to see Bill Belichick, he pushes a button and it's like, oh, wait, it didn't work. Up, he pulls a lever up that didn't work either and he's always up until recently the last few years has had tom brady to be able to kind of overcome those things you have a young quarterback he is going to struggle year two you're going to put even more on his plate because of what he did do successfully year one obviously you didn't even unfold everything because he's a rookie we saw that and we knew that when we saw them play against the bills i don't trust him to do so much i trust him to do enough but when it comes to taking another step you have to challenge your quarterback you have to put them in positions to where it's going to be uncomfortable and how they thrive and how they maneuver in those situations is typically how the team is going to run their 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 course with me, I don't see it happening this year for the Patriots. 
They do have room to con- concern themselves. The Dolphins are going to be a better team. We obviously know who the Buffalo Bills are now, so they're they're going to remain atop that league, yeah. that division. And I just don't think they have the personnel offensively to support what Matt Jones will be able to provide. Greg, you and everybody, the Patriots weren't good enough last year, and they did nothing this offseason. Their biggest move this offseason was losing the best player on their team for nothing in J.C. Jackson. Their big addition ah, oh was Devontae gosh. Parker. And, uh, like that, I mean, that's, that, that's, what's, that, that's what has happened to New England. So, Wilds, to continue your plane analogy, here's the thing. You're the flight attendant. It's like, guys, happens all the time. And I'm the flight attendant walking over to you and be like, hey, Kevin, the pilot jumped out. And it's like, oh, we might be in trouble. Because that's what happened. Like, the the plane's been in nosedive since Brady left. And the idea that you're off when last year you ended playing your worst foot. Well, I don't know. You guys went to Super Bowls three out of four years before he was there. Yeah, yes, yes, well, Wilds. I appreciate you it. We're did. not going to go to the Super advantage. Bowl every year. You... We made the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. No, no. That's, that was the bar. <laughs> I, I, the bar was so exceeded. Well, every other rookie mm-hmm. quarterback that everyone has to tell me is going to be so great, and Trevor Lawrence with his yes. three wins, and Trey Lance with maybe he got credit for one win yep. last year. They're, everyone's going to be great. Yep. Even Davis Mills yep. is going to be have a make a big jump. But Mac Jones is going to go this way because Why? Because because of, of Tua and Tyreek Hill, because of Zach Wilson, no. What what is gonna? I don't understand no. what's gonna keep us back. Because they, because Matt Patricia can't. Because run it is. No, because he does not have the raw natural talent of the other quarterbacks. Because he is at best the tenth best quarterback in his own conference. Because the schedule is not as easy as it was last year, and because losing Josh McDaniels matters. And you're not going to be able to rely on your defense the way you were last year when you lost your best defensive player. Like this is these are all a very clear and obvious. What Wilds? Let me just ask you this before we go. I don't like answering my questions on the air, but I'm going to force you. What was your favorite Patriots offseason moment? What was your favorite move? Like what you're like? That's the one <laughs> that I love. That's the one that's going to cut, make us better Jones, than cut. last year. Say it. A little Say bit, it. a little bit of Devonte Parker, and you, and you know, I, you know, you know, I like comebacks. Little Malcolm Butler, oh, he's back there. Oh, when we need a big play in the Super Bowl, guess who's back? It's Malcolm Butler, and let's just say. Court is in session. Joe Judge is back. You don't think I believe that Joe Judge is even better now? Let's go. Wow. Greg, thank you. 